Good day, everybody. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best-selling author, and we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple. The podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so you'll be better equipped to amplify your impact as a difference maker in any area in your life. We'll cover a variety of topics related to authenticity and what it means to bring humanity into the world. What is uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley, and I'm very excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. Haley, it is good to have another episode with you. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, you're doing very exciting things this weekend. You are off to Chicago to run a Mm -hmm. marathon. How is that feeling? Whoa. Um, it's crazy. It feels like when I, you know, signed up for this sucker, like over a year ago, I was like, well, I guess like it'll be a year ago in December. I was like, this seems very far away. And now all of a sudden it's here and it's like, Oh oh my God, (laughs) here we are. So I'm, 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 I'm a little nervous, but I think it's going to be okay. You along with 33,000, 33,000. Yeah. So Chicago's part of here's my little geeking out about the world of running. It's one of the six world uh, Abbott World Champion or World's runs, like world marathons. So it's right up there with Boston, New York, Chicago, obviously, Tokyo, Berlin, and London. Wow. So it's one of the big six. Yeah. So it's a big one. <laughs> well, I wish I could be there with you, but we will be cheering yeah. from afar. All this technology, we yeah, can follow pretty- you on the course. Yeah, I was going to say, and like, even with all of those people and the spectators and, and everything, like, you know, when you came to my, my marathon in Ottawa, that was 3,200. Now we're up to 33,000. So, uh, the chances of you even like, you know, being able to pick me out of a crowd, like, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I feel like just as well. (laughs) Well, as a former marathon runner, we, we had a very interesting notion here that we're going to talk today about lessons in long distance running that can be applicable to life. So do you want to give your first pass on that? Yeah, I think kind of what made me think about this topic was today I was helping a student who was talking about how hard it is to get her homework done. And she was just saying how overwhelmed and exhausted she is and just feeling really low in her motivation. And I remember it was my old mentor teacher way back when I had my second placement, um, Jander Talon. And he said, you know, seasons of life, there are always ups and downs, right? And like, you know, if you're always in a down, the best thing you can do is think about like, it's only temporary, it's only temporary, because there will be an up. And so I was thinking about this. And this is kind of what's what's really helped me through like, you know, some of these long training runs where you just don't feel great. (laughs) Like, it's kind of a funny hobby that a lot of the time, it's just feels kind of awful. So I don't know why I keep doing probably, you know, doing all this, but you know, that there are those those points in a race or in a run and just in general where you just feel crappy, your, your feet hurt, your legs hurt, your, you know, stomach's upset, you know, you're, you might have to go to the bathroom, like things are not feeling very good. Um, but especially with a long distance run like this, you push through it and you just sort of say like, yep, this, this discomfort is temporary. I'm going to, I'm going to have that runner's high in a few minutes here. I just got to push through this. There, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just temporary. This pain is temporary. And so within a race, you have these like ups and downs of, of, of emotions and, and of, you know, feelings, right. In terms of, you know, pain and comfort and, and, you know, it, 
it, it, it holds true too for, for different periods of life, right? Like you're going to have times of your life that are, or days of your life that are, are really high and really great and really awesome. And there are some times that aren't and, and to remember that it's temporary. And it brings back this principle that 90% of the life is just showing up and you just show it's up true. for those workouts. And sometimes they're spectacular and sometimes they are not, but you just yeah. keep putting one foot in front of another. I was thinking about that with like your marathon training when you were doing it and how like, like what would be your longest run before the marathon? Cause you were doing like eight hour runs at one point or six hour runs, maybe at one point, like uh, how five long were you hour going runs for? would have been my, uh, oh my gosh, my, my longest, but they were up through the mountains. So they were lots of elevation and, and see, I had a coach what, here, here, here's what I'm going to just uh, say this, what I admire Haley about when I watched you run in Ottawa, what I admire was that you actually ran below your capacity. So you ran a, what I would call a smart race because you knew you were in it for the long haul and that you didn't overextend yourself, that you trained a long time and that you felt relatively fresh at the end. You didn't kill yourself. And this is the, the challenge with long distance running is that we think typically we got to go out at a certain pace and we overdo it and then we die and crash at the end. And if you're properly trained and you run smart, there really is no wall at the end because uh, you, you, but, it, but it, there's some requirements to make that happen. So what I, what my coach taught me, I'd been a 10,000 meters runner before I shifted over to marathon running. But what I learned was you got to take, you got to be in this for the long haul. There are people who come into running and I'm going to train for a marathon in three months and they get injured. You get burned out because, and this is life. This is what happens in life. Instead of paying the price to be in it for the long haul, and, and train smart, this would be my application to life, is, is be in it for the long haul and train smart and train long. Don't push yourself uh, to try to get beyond your capacity too fast. We have a fast world today. And what happens is we burn ourselves out. So I learned I, it, for me, it was an 18 month and I don't, was already a fairly high end 10,000 meter runner. I mean, but what my coach said is we're going to train you for the marathon in a year and a half and let's do it properly. And uh, it, regardless of what capacity you come in, maybe if you have to walk 26 miles, you at the end should not be, I mean, you're going to extend yourself significantly, but there, you shouldn't be at the end um, where you're feeling like you're going to die. And there's, well, there really that. is the myth of a wall is, is poor training and not pacing yourself properly. And I, I there's got to be some application uh, in life to that. If we train well in life that we won't hit this wall that we that we can come up against it's been so long since i've you know since retired from running so 
you're you're asking me to go back and draw on some pretty old memories. <laughs> no, but I think even just like the point of the wall, even too, right? Like, and how so like, you know, as another lesson, right? Like thinking about like everybody talks about the dreaded wall, but I have never hit a wall. I've hit discomfort, but I've never hit a wall before. Right. And you're right. It's just like it's knowing, it's pacing yourself. It's it's knowing you know, when to give it more gas and when to pull back and, and preparing as well, right? Like nutrition can be a huge part of the wall, making sure you're fueling and hydrating properly, right? If you're neglecting one of those two, either of those things, like that's where the wall is going to come. Right. And that, that, you know, it's neglecting, it's taking care of yourself, right? If you, if you, you're going to hit a wall, whether that's in a race or whether that's in your career or whether that's, you know, with parenting or whatever, unless you take time to care for yourself. Well, this is the thing is that we, we, overextend ourselves without a foundation of a good base. And mm -hmm. I, I learned in marathon running, you have to have a good aerobic base before you train anaerobically, which means you got to have mm -hmm. that endurance all in place before you push yourself anaerobically. And I think that has applications for life because here's what happens. We have a, we set a goal or we are, are, are caught in the tyranny of the expectations of other people that caught in the tyranny of that transaction and the, and the urgency. And we overextend beyond what our health can carry us. See, what I learned in running is there's a difference between fitness and health. And fitness has to do with performance and health has to do with sustaining that performance. And so if you, if you, if, if you try to get fit, and many people are fit today, but they aren't healthy because they haven't built a base of health. And fitness is the performance in our life. And if we try to perform in life without the foundation of good, strong, mental, physical, mental, emotional health, we're going to break down. And this is, this is what happens uh, in training is if, if you're pushing for fitness, without paying the price of, of rest, nutrition, endurance, aerobic capacity, all of the basic fundamentals, that's what you build your fitness on. And what happens is if you push your fitness, then you get overtrained. And what's really interesting is that the symptoms of being overtrained are the same symptoms of living life undertrained. So if you're out of shape, what happens? You've got low energy, sore, uh, in, prone to injury. Um, all of the, you know, uh, what happens is you don't have the you don't have the capacity, and you get burned out. You feel burned out, but you can do that from under from under conditioning from sitting around too much. Mm. And it's the same mm. symptoms of being overtrained, low energy, you get injured, you, and you, you put yourself at risk when you don't pay the price to take care of your health. And so this is what mm. I would suggest as you know, when in, in the leadership development field, you know, you are the first person that you have to take care of. And then your caring and service for others can come from overflow not from emptiness. You got to take care of yourself first so yeah. that you can then take care of others. And you have to take care of yourself as a runner rather than just 
push yourself so hard that you end up injured, burned out, lack of energy, and you will uh, hit that wall. And a typical indicator is with when you hit that wall is when you are uh, when and this is this is my own experience when you push for the performance above what your health capacity can carry. It's funny because even just like this week, my coach and my you know really good friend Grace even just said this week, like the week leading up to the race, she says there are many things you can do. There, she said there's not many things you can do at this point that will mess up all the training you've done in this week leading up to the race. There's not many things that you can do to mess up the, like the, to mess it up, but there's a lot, or sorry, to, to what, did, how did she exactly relate? She said, there's not a lot of things you can do to improve at this point, but there's a lot of things that you can do to mess it up. So she's saying like, at this point, any extra runs, anything, you know, getting up early to do any extra runs, right. Anything like that will mess it up. Right. But if you take this time to relax, you get a little run in here and there, right? There's a lot of things you can do to, to you know, take care of yourself in, in the lead up to the run. And I think that's a really nice one, a way of saying it too, right? That's a great like way to say it. At this point in the game, right? Yeah. There's, there, there, are, there are a lot of ways to mess it up. And at this point, like the work has been done. You just got to, you know, take care of it. So you, and the most important thing you can do now is to relax. And yeah. you, you're getting in there a day early. I know it's going to be a long drive yeah. from Ottawa to Chicago, but you get in there early, you uh, rest, relax, take care of yourself, get, you know, uh, get yourself, keep yourself well hydrated. And I'm trying to draw some parallels to, I mean, we had this, we had this uh, impulsive idea that we were going to relate all this to life. <laughs> so I hope that I'm, uh, I'm finding oh, a way because yeah. I know that's where your brain is at right now is racing this weekend, oh, no. but I hope that we can apply it somehow to life. No, for sure. I had one more idea too. Um, cause I was thinking about cheering, right. And how, what a beautiful thing is as a spectator for a race. And so, I mean, you were here last year as well. Right. And, and I was just thinking like the joy it can be in spectating, right. Cause it doesn't matter. Like, you know, as the runner, as the spectator, everybody's there for a different purpose, but the atmosphere is there to cheer everybody on, regardless if you know the person who's running or not, right? You're cheering them on, you're supporting them, right? And it's such like a wonderful personal thing, this race, right? But you know, you're, you're out running and this is where I get so emotional is in this race and you see all these spectators with signs that say, go mom, or these, these signs that say, go Susan, or, you know, like, you know, this little kid holding one that says like, you can do it, right? And it's just like, no matter who you are, in terms of running, like you're going to get some cheering and support, right? And how, what a beautiful metaphor that is too, that, you know, out in the world that we can cheer and support each other, no matter where we are. Right. And, you know, yeah, obviously we're going to be there for, you know, people we love, but you know, that there's, you can also, you know, give other people cheer and love and support too. Right. So that's where I get really deeply emotional is thinking all the people who are out there cheering. Um, and even, uh, this year they have it, the Chicago marathon, what they called a, a, I think like a booster, a mood boost. And so at that, at the, like, there's this part of the race that gets quite quiet because of the, where the, where the route goes and there's not as many cheer stations. And so what they've done, the organizers have set up a big screen. And so people can go on there um, and post a picture and a message at there. And it will show when, when your tracker goes and crosses that marker. And I just even just think about like, like just thinking about seeing these signs. Oh my God, I'm getting worked up thinking about it for other people. Right. And how beautiful that is about, you know, these people are in this like immense physical pain because from all this training and all of this. Right. But 
there, there are all these signs of people who love them and cheer them and want to support them. Right. And so here's 33,000 people who have a supporting crew, uh, either there in the city or, or virtually, or, you know, what have you. And I just think like, that's just such a, a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. Cause I, I can't think of anything else in the world that is quite like that to that extent, right. Other than the world of racing where you just have, yes, you have many thousands of participants, but you have double or triple that in terms of supporters. And I just think that that's such a ugh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, with every supporter, with every person there cheering on, you know that there's a relationship with somebody in that race that has actually supported the journey. And, yeah. you know, I think of AJ and the support that he's given you for these last several yeah. months while you had this dream several months ago to do this. And, and, and he's as much a part of the race. And there's this, yeah. that it's a shared community together that we cheer each other on. And I, I think this can certainly be related to leadership because it's a, it's a leadership is a stage. So you become an apprentice, first of all, and then you become an individual contributor. And then you build, then you move into being a capacity builder. And like I think of my running career and what really brings me fulfillment now is to see you take over the, you know, the, uh, take the baton and take it and, and you, <laughs> You you shine in this field now, and this is what I I love to see, and it's deeply deeply fulfilling in a way that even when I was an individual racer, um, I never had that kind of fulfillment that I have when I see you um, excel and really live your dream to do this. And and I love how smart you're doing it because you're not defining yourself by the time that you get. You're you're you are you are doing this for your own fulfillment and your own personal uh, what's the what's the how how can i describe the, your your motive for doing this can you articulate that yeah i mean there's so like it, it's it's to have this structure and to have this goal that you're working towards but i mean that's another of the life lessons that i was going to come to in a second too but that it it's about the race but it's not you know, like it's, it's about the end goal it is, but like, also it's about, you know, that it's, it's having that, that thing I have to do every single day, even if it's just rest, have that thing I have to do every single day, that, that commitment I've made to myself, I'm going to do this right. Every single day, right. Whether it's resting, whether it's going to the gym and doing strength training, whether it's getting out there for an easy run or a harder tempo run or my Saturday long runs, it's that every single day I've made that commitment to myself and nobody else. And, you know, so, and, you know, like the race is just the celebration of it at the end. Right. It's but just it's sort of like celebrating. Like, it's been yeah. A whole and I, I really like to think too, that like, you know, I know this is not my first marathon. I, you know, I ran my first marathon a year ago, but like, you know, this, this level of commitment to this hobby, to this sport, um, like, you know, it's been years in the making, right? Like, and it's, it's this, this commitment to this thing that I love and you know what it does for my, my, you know, body, body, mind, and soul on all levels. Right. And then going and celebrating this with so many other people who have made that commitment to themselves, um, and they're just out there showing up for themselves. Right. And, you know, like 33,000 people who've put in hours of training, like ideally, I mean, I'm sure there's a few that haven't, but you know, right. And, and just the celebration of this, this completely accessible sport. Right. And I say accessible, I mean, obviously with a caveat, but 
you know, like this is a sport that you don't need to spend money on gym memberships if you don't want to. You don't need to spend money at a rink, right? Like, you know, like even in terms of like, it's just the easiest one you throw on running shoes and you get out and you just walk and run and you just go from there. Right. And, you know, I, I just watch, you know, my students start to love this sport because you don't even need other people for it. You just need yourself. Right. And so it's just this like deeply selfish in a beautiful way though, commitment, um, that, you know, you just need you and yourself out there and yes, other people can come and celebrate with you. Um, but you know, it's, it's just about you and your own progress, whatever that means. But there's something to be said about having a dream that, uh, that you have to show up for to say, you know, you've got a long-term vision and you're moving toward that. You've got a, you've got a purpose and that inspiration, and it must do as much for you mentally as it does physically. Without a doubt, it's this, yeah, like it's just this, this, this sense of accomplishment, the sense of progress. Um, and like, and then in a strange way, also community, you know, like it's because I have this thing now, especially with like, you know, my, my friends that I run with my, my best friend, Grace, right. And, um, my friend Jenny, and like these two are these two women that we've shown up for each other and gone on runs together. Right. And, and I see this in my students who are now taking up cross country running. And one of my students signed up for her first marathon ever, like she's done a, she did a half last year, but she signed up for her first marathon. And that's a little thing like that I have in common with her. Right. And, um, you know, one of my students wished me luck because she's just run her first 4k and that's the furthest she's ever run. And she just ran it and she just wished me a good luck. She's, you know, young, 14 year olds. Right. And, um, but it's just such a, and I think what I like, especially like, and you know, my history too, right? Like with, with sports, like I was never, ever con would consider myself an athlete by any means. Right. But you know, this was a sport that I didn't have to rely on other people. I didn't have to feel like I was letting other people down if I didn't do, if I didn't meet the expectations, you know, and it was just out there for me. And, you know, and it wasn't even really about a numbers game. It was just going out for how I mentally felt, right? If I had the mental energy to be able to push myself or if I, had the, if I just needed it to just be an easy run to go and turn on some music and, you know, or, or just go without headphones and just go outside for a bit. Like it was just such a, a a way of of just being like completely mindful with my body and and where I'm at, you know, and and you know whether that means you know with other people or by myself or you know, but my own accomplishment, you know, through this whole thing, like just that feeling of that sense of satisfaction and accomplishment with every run. Well, I got to tell you, it just warms my heart and it just gives me just yeah. uh, you know such pride in seeing you do this and uh, such admiration for you uh, <laughs> for what you've, you know, how hard you've worked for this and, um, and the community you have and just to see you excel and do something that really brings you joy. I think we could all benefit from finding something, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be something physical. Maybe it's a, a goal that we say playing the piano and I'm going to show up and, learn how to play an instrument or learn a new language or volunteer and, and help, you know, help a community in some way. I think we all need to have, I, I have a bias toward the inspiration that comes as my dad used to say, when he'd get me out of bed, when we, when he'd get me running, when I was in high school, the purpose of having a dream is not to achieve your dream. The purpose of having a dream is to inspire yourself 
to become the kind of person that it takes to achieve your dream. And so, you know, I remember just, you know, that, that inspiration that comes from having a purpose in your life. And I just admire you so much and wish you all the best this weekend. And I hope that our conversation here has been a bit of an inspiration for our listeners to, to find something that inspires you, that you can, but that will also challenge you to say, I'm going to work at this and I'm going to put the time into it. And I just think in this world where our mental health is so challenged, I think this is one of the antidotes to, uh, to, to uh, a world where we can get very low on ourselves. And I think too, like if we change our mindset around, instead of like setting a goal to meet the goal, I like what you said about inspiration, right? Like, why don't we set up something to celebrate at the end, right? Or maybe it's not the end, but instead, instead of like working towards a goal, you work towards a celebration. So it's, it's whatever that means. So if you're working and you're getting up every day and you're getting inspired and, and then something at the, at, you know, when you can look back on yourself and celebrate on something you've accomplished, right? Maybe if we look at it in terms of a celebration as a, as opposed to a goal, right? That might, you know, provide people with a little bit more, um, self-compassion if they take a couple steps back or if a day doesn't go the way they want to, and it's not like you're further away from your goal, right? You're still going to be able to celebrate the progress that you've made, whatever that means. And I, I love this. Um, so I found this, this, this little passage here, you know, about like, you know, doing this for yourself, but also the idea of um, showing up for strangers uh, and cheering people on no matter who they are. So Ari Gallup, this is a little passage from him. So I'm just going to read it. Um, <clears throat> so um, this is his quote. This is a direct quote. This might sound strange, but the first 35 years of my life, I thought marathon was about running. When I was a kid, it was just the sports event that I was on TV. I thought that it was a thing for people that running, this sorry, well, I thought this was just a thing for people that like running a really, really long way. But that changed five years ago in 2008 when it sounds stupid, but quite simply, I went for a walk. I lived like 10 minutes from Tower Bridge and I remember a few streets away, I could kind of hear this sound. As you come around the corner to this piece of road that I've seen thousands of times straight away, and just realized exactly what this marathon is all about. The moment you get to that side of the road, you see that every, oh my God, I'm going to get choked up as I read this. Whoa. Um, the moment that you get to the side of the road, you see that every single one of these 58,000 runners, this is in the London marathon, by the way, 58,000 runners is running for someone or something, or sorry, for something or for someone else. Maybe someone else that's fighting a battle. Maybe it's a battle that they've been fighting themselves or a lot of the time in remembrance of someone that lost that battle. When you realize that the whole way along, the whole of 26 miles, there's a crew for every single one of those people. Whoa, <laughs> here we go. Uh, and that their friends, their family know exactly why that person is running. They know why it's important. They know why it's special. So after hours of waiting, they see that person coming. Up this road from however far away, they just start to emit the most insanely beautiful amount of human energy. And what happens next is even more crazy, even more special, because the people next to the crew who can't help but join in, it's infectious. This energy is infectious. And before you know it, you've got a million people lining the streets of London, cheering for complete strangers. Woo! <laughs> so I think that's a pretty powerful thing. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And, you know, there's, you know, there's, uh, it takes a community to run. And, uh, yeah, I, you leave me speechless for a change. Um, no, I, <laughs> Ari Gallup did. Very I won't touched. Take for him. <laughs> very touched by that. And uh, so, whether we're cheering this weekend or whether we're the, on the street running, uh, we all play a part in making this world more beautiful and making it a better place to live and work in. Eh? Definitely. Woo. Well, this is very touching to to uh, spend this time with you and be inspired what by your uh, by your dream here. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dad. And on that note, what are you grateful for? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am grateful to be touched today. I am grateful to have my heart open today in this conversation. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the inspiration that you are in my life. I'm grateful for what really matters in life, which is this kind of connection and helping each other live our dreams, whatever those are. I love that, Dad. Me too. <laughs> and also that, you know, like if it wasn't for you and your running, I don't think I would have gotten into it because I know you were kind of past running. You kind of retired from running by the time I got into it. But, you know, to be able to share this little piece with you too and to be able to appreciate that. So. I'm always really grateful. For well, I'm just grateful that uh, you're that you know my that you live on and uh, that you live this. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to express that, but I'm just grateful that you um, have found this passion in your life. And it wouldn't matter what the passion is. What matters to me, and I see the how you have a passion to teach, and you found your gift, you found your thing, you found your place in the world, and um, I, I think it's just beautiful. Oh, thanks, Dad. I learned from the best. <laughs> you inspire me, Dad. <laughs> well, on and that on note, we will um, we will say goodbye, and we will see you next episode. And all the best on this run. Thanks, Dad. Find something to celebrate.